It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. And we are off. It is our three of the daily tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. She is Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. Great to have you with us on a Tuesday morning. Coming up in our final hour, let me slow down and talk like this so I can scroll to all of the teases that I wrote. Here we go. Coming up in this hour, we're going to take a look ahead at week 13 in the National Football League, including that matchup we were just talking about between the Niners and Eagles or whatever else we want to talk about. It is back to the college game at 820 for a preview of championship week as I do my best to not talk about Texas and focus on the other games. I know I can do it. I know I can do it. And then finally at 845, as Chelsea sips her water, our best bets of the day, along with a visit from the Donkster. I saw this headline, Chelsea, and I wanted to ask you about it. The headline says this. I spent $24,000 on drugs with my Disney corporate credit card. The company gave me a second chance instead of firing me. That's amazing. Good on you, Disney. This guy must have played goofy for a long time. Maybe built up some goodwill with the company. I guess he said he worked on an addiction that he had and that Disney helped him with this addiction, which is amazing. So good on Disney, but pretty remarkable that any company would say, Hey, you've racked up 24 grand on the corporate credit card. You know what? Let's talk this out. You ever been fired from a job? You just didn't like it. You weren't doing a good job. And they said, Chelsea, you're getting the boot. Get out of here. Well, first of all, can I ask the obvious question here is that do drug dealers take credit cards? Maybe I've been led astray here. Maybe they have yeah. one of those little devices that they have at the coffee shops where they like put it over the screen <laughs> and they ask for like 10%, 15%, 20%, 25% tip. Which one do you choose? Like do drug dealers do that now too? Know. Where they're like, I need a 20% tip. Are you going to give me this tip? Yeah. But seriously, how do you use a credit card for drugs unless they're prescription well, you drugs? Can. You can withdraw cash from a credit card. Now the interest rate is through the roof but you can withdraw cash from a credit card so if he had this corporate card and i've done this in vegas before <laughs> not the smartest thing i've ever done on a corporate card well not on a corporate card on a personal <laughs> credit card i was like i'll you know what i'll do 
And thank God I got rid of all my debt. But I, I've been in that situation where I'm like, you know what? Let me just take $200 off my credit card here. And, of course, the interest rate is something ridiculous on a cash advance from a credit card. But you can do it. And so maybe he did that. He took the cash. And why did he care about the interest rate? wasn't even his money anyway. So I think that's probably what happened here because I'm definitely an expert in drug deals. But I would imagine that's kind of how it went down. But I'm amazed that I'm good for him for overcoming his addiction. That's a great story. But it's remarkable that a company would say, let us help you here. You can pay this back, which goes back to my question. Have you ever been fired from a job? Uh, I think I have not had my contract renewed. I don't know if oh, that counts yeah. as a That's firing. No. So like I wasn't fired for offense unless it was just like being not good enough at my job. But like, mm -hmm. yeah, I've been fired. Or I that's what happened is my contract was not renewed. Oh, that's not being fired. That's just saying if you're fired, you suck. I think that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. you if you We don't fired, hate you, you but suck, we just don't girl. think you do a good job. <laughs> it's not that we hate you, it's that we don't like you. So we're gonna go ahead and let you go. Oh uh, no, I, I think that's happened. If you've been in this business long enough, there are plenty of people who have had their contracts not renewed or laid off or whatever because it's such a subjective business. But fired is generally when you do something that, you know, you break some sort of HR rule or you do something that is untoward. And then all of a sudden you lose your job. So I would not say you've been fired now. Yeah. What a fun icebreaker. Do you ask this to people on first dates? Like, God. <laughs> like, I've known you for more than two years. It's not an icebreaker. <laughs> you act like this is our first show together. Hey, Chelsea, I'm Michael. Nice to meet you. I'm really excited about our show together. Have you ever been fired before? <laughs> I've known you long enough now. Still, I can ask you these things. Think about it. If I had been fired and if, for, if it yeah. was for like an offense... Do you mm -hmm. think I'd want to talk about it? Because I'll bring up an example that I think is kind okay. of funny. Like, probably not okay. in the moment wasn't funny, funny, but still. Right. And, like, don't post this to social because maybe she follows me. Uh, but anyways, there was a girl that was fired from a TV job because she threw a slice of pizza at somebody. Which, you know, subjectively is funny. Like, if you throw right. a piece of pizza at somebody and it hits them in the face and it just slides down, that's funny. But clearly, you can't do that, and she was fired for that. Do you think mm -hmm. she's at a place where she'd want to actually talk about that on air? Like, probably not. Well, I, I <laughs> think maybe I, I think know. this is this is a nuanced argument, right? Because when I ask you this question, <laughs> I know this hasn't happened recently, but I feel like if you're a kid, right? If you do something dumb early in your career, it's easy to say, "Look, I'm almost fifty, so I could say here's something dumb I did twenty years ago." 25 years ago so i'm not going to feel bad about it because that that's more than two decades ago. so i'm almost a half century old okay my story is know back to the 1700s <laughs> yes so my thought was asking you this maybe as a teenager or something where you had some sort of dumb job and you were messing around and not really paying attention you got fired so i wasn't thinking this is something that's happened to you recently well, the statute of limitations i'm in that weird stage because i'm 35 like i haven't been in the business for 20 years I've been in the business for about like a little over 10. So like, mm -hmm. it's one of those things. It's kind of like when you drink with your parents for the first time and you're like right. 23 and you're like, is this awkward? Like, should I do this? Can I get drunk? So it's like one of those situations that like, I haven't been fired, but I haven't mm -hmm. been in the business long enough to where if I did, 
Like it wouldn't be that long ago. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. This is this is the age gap. It's like when I was in high school and I was competing in typewriter competitions. You probably <laughs> never used a typewriter in your life and it it hurts my soul. So sometimes I have to remember I'm talking to a youngster. And I was trying to think if I've ever been fired. Mm, I don't think so. No. I've, no Wait, I, the, I've been... the job that you worked in construction, didn't you? Or did you oh, quit, quit that one? I quit okay. on the spot. I was my first. Oh, Lord. And, and just to clarify, this was Construction Data Corporation. So I was in a cubicle. <laughs> I was not actually. Like, you're looking at me. You're like, Jenkins, I'm looking at you with your roll neck sweater you're looking like harry potter there is no way that you worked in construction yeah i used to bring my lunch pail to work every day talk with the guys and we just lay down some scaffolding you know talk about women and sports and you know build buildings that's what i did for a few years like that's not me at all so no i was inside a cubicle <laughs> calling construction companies around the state i had to walk away from that one Ooh, yeah, Jenks gets excited about organizing his emails. Like that's the that's the line of work that I think he would be in if it weren't for this. That's true. I would be. <laughs> yeah, I was emailing the developers of the BetQL app yesterday. That's exactly what I'd be doing. Chelsea, let's develop some opinions here. NFL Week 13. We talked about the early games on the slate, and if you want to talk about those again, we certainly can. But we're looking now at mainly the afternoon games on Sunday. And this is a this is a much better schedule than the early games. The early games are just like one just ball buster <laughs> after the other. Oh, let me throw out some of the early games before we get to this afternoon slate. Chargers, Patriots, Falcons, <laughs> Jets, Lions, Saints, Cardinals, Steelers, Panthers, Bucks. Oh my God. Put me in an electric chair instead of having to watch this. <laughs> and this is coming off last night. Bears, Vikings. Oh, you know who the MVP with the Bears was? Their field goal kicker. Let's look at the afternoon slate. So I will I will hand this off to you now. But a much better set of games in the afternoon on Sunday. What's a game that stands out to you? Yeah, I used it in my teaser. Uh, the Broncos, the line is three and a half. Texans laying three and a half here. I'm not sure if I would play this straight up, though, because we've kind of set our piece on the Broncos that it feels like a stock that is trending in the right direction, but maybe mm -hmm. at some point you need to sell high on a team that's looked really good over the past few weeks. So we know the Texans have a great quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Uh, they're at home here. And I think that goes into the handicap as well, is that the Broncos, a great home field advantage that they're not getting here. When teams have to travel mm -hmm. to the Mile High City, maybe that has something to do with some of these wins for the Broncos. Uh, but the one that kind of caught my eye, and it's not the afternoon slate, but it's the Monday night football game. Do you think the Jags laying eight and a half against the Bengals, mm -hmm. and I am aware that the Bengals have a backup quarterback here. Do you think this is an opportunity to sell high on the Jacksonville Jaguars, it kind of feels like a team that's fully capable of playing down to the level of their competition. Do you think eight and a half is too high here? No, I actually like this game a lot. It's a crooked number, Ooh. right? So it, it opened Jags minus eight. Now it's sitting at eight and a half. I like the Jags. I Jake Browning does nothing for me when it comes to the Bengals. And yeah, 
the mo- the motivational factor I think is at play as well. What are the Bengals playing for? They're playing for nothing. And I was watching a little bit of the Bengals last week. They look awful on offense. And I think the Jags may only have to score 20 to cover this number. Seriously, I like the Jags in a big way here. There's a reason why this number is moving in their direction. Again, it's kind of a dead number. It doesn't mean anything. So eight, eight and a half, what's the difference? I think it's going to be a blowout or relative to the NFL. But I can see the Jags winning by double digits here. Jacksonville at home Monday night. Trevor Lawrence and crew leading the division. Yeah, I like Jacksonville a lot. Ooh, or another primetime unders. What's the trend mm-hmm. on primetime unders now for Monday night? Wasn't it 12 and one going into last night? So now it's 13 and one, if my math is correct, if you mm-hmm. add the one to that. So do we see another primetime under on a Monday night? That trend is bananas. Maybe. I, I think possibly. I, I Honestly, probably so. The total, again, has come down from 40 and a hook to 39, so it's already down a point and a half. That's been the trend, and I I just wonder how the Bengals are going to score in this game. They are a completely different team with Jake Browning, and that's obvious, but it's true. It's not like, you know, some quarterbacks, like Gardner Minshew is a good example, right? Like, he's a very good backup quarterback, and he has led the Colts on this mini run here where he's playing good football, but Jake Browning is not on that level, so... Not all backup quarterbacks are created equal. So, yes, it's a backup, but it's such a step down from Joe Burrow that this this could be a this could be a 28-10 game under still hits. Jags cover the number. I would still be on the under as well. Yeah. Ugh, 39. I but know. we had this discussion earlier on the show how scoring's down. It feels like half the offenses in the NFL are borderline unwatchable. So I wouldn't Mm -hmm. talk anybody off of it, even though 39 is a pretty low number. So for the rest of these games, uh, there's one question I wanted to ask you about uh, the Thursday night game. Because if it was not a game in primetime, I think I'd be on the over. The Cowboys and the Seahawks, the total is 46 and a half. We know that the Cowboys' offense is an absolute wagon at home. The Seahawks' defense, I don't think, is stopping Dallas. I do think the Seahawks Mm -hmm. can at least score some points, especially a team that is capable of throwing the ball. But it's a primetime game, and I'm always scared to take anything but primetime unders. If I like the over here, would you talk me off of it just because it's a primetime game and a short No, I would not. No, I would not. And this is when you have to look at the actual matchup. I mean, it's come down a half point. Wait, am I looking at this right? Yeah, no. it I, has. Yeah, okay. I got it right. I No, I wouldn't talk you off of it. I, I think it's probably the right call here. And with the way the Cowboys have been scoring, it's been unbelievable. And at home. I mentioned this earlier. At home this season, mm-hmm. and I know they have not played a, a great slate at home. It has been... It's been a group of really bad football teams. But the Cowboys are 5-0 at home. They're averaging 40 points a game. I laid it yesterday at 7. I played this down from 7.5 to 7. It's already Cowboys minus 9.5. That is unbelievable. And the Seahawks are okay. But we've seen some regression 
from Geno Smith this year after signing that big contract. Good on him. Seahawks are also banged up. Seahawks, I think they can score a little bit to help get this over the number, but I see the Cowboys continuing to run up the score at home. They are on a heater right now, so I would not talk you down off of that at all. I kind of want to play the Cowboys, too. Nine and a half seems huge, but the Seahawks also just played the Niners, who beat yep. the physical crap out of everybody they play. <laughs> they did beat the physical crap out of everyone. Coming up next, let's talk a little championship week in college football, shall we? She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Stare at that. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Thank you, Al. Presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Tuesday. Chelsea, what are you going to do for championship week in college football? I am very excited about it, clearly. But do you care? Are you more just about the NFL than college football this time of year? I mean, I'm going to watch, but I don't have like a whole event planned, if that's what you're Mm -hmm. asking. Like, I like it, but Mm -hmm. again, I have a child, so it's not like I can be like, well, I'm going to go to the sports bar all day, unless I bring my daughter with me, which I feel like would be kind of a bad look. Um, But mm, I'll watch the games, but I'll probably just be sitting on my couch because it's also gotten to that like gloomy season where you look outside and it's just like gray every day. Like, you know how it is. Like, I think of the entire month of January as being like this. Where it's like not sunny, it's not rainy, it's just like the skies are gray and it's like 38 degrees. So we have entered Mm. that stage, so I think I will be spending a lot of the weekend sitting on my couch. I hear you. I get that. This is one of those weekends, I think, where it's perfect just to sit. I want to sit around all day on Saturday and do nothing but eat and sit and watch football, but... That is going to be the lovely Catherine's mother's birthday, number 70. So I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to watch Texas play at noon, hopefully get a win. And then after that, it's celebrating Sheila. It's just going to be one big party. And I can the last thing I can do is to have drinks all day and watch college football all day and not be ready to go that night because we're going to have a huge celebration for Sheila. In fact, she is going to be wearing red and everyone else is going to be wearing black or dark color colors so that she stands out amongst everyone. And everyone knows she's the birthday girl, girl which I think is kind of cool. Are you a big birthday person? Like, I've never been somebody who just, like, lives and dies by my birthday. Like, I'm cool with it. Like, I'm not yeah. dreading it. And I'm trying to think the last time I even had, like, a celebration. Because I'm just, I don't know. That's just my personality. I'm just like, eh, it's a birthday. It's not my birthday month. It is certainly not my birthday week either. So I'm just not a big birthday person. Like some people love their birthdays and I'm just not one of them. I'm the same way. 
I'm I appreciate birthdays, but I don't I get uncomfortable when there's everything's kind of centered around me. That's when I I kind of get weird where I don't mind a celebration like if we all want to go out and we want to have some drinks and just hang out together, then I'm all about that. That's all good. But I don't really like the idea that, all right, I'll be out. Everybody will be focusing on me, wish me happy birthday. And then, hey, let's have a drink together at your birth. Like after a while, it becomes sort of overwhelming to me. I'd rather just sort of quietly say, yeah, it's my birthday. Let's go do something that's fun. But I don't need some sort of grandiose celebration otherwise i start to get weird yeah and sometimes like it's one thing for the big milestone birthdays but it almost feels like juvenile when people are like oh you know i'm turning 27 everybody needs to do this and do this for me and wear this color and drink this drink it's like okay you're turning 27 like right. mm, like congrats like i'm not acting like queen of england do i sound like a crusty old man when i say that like i know i do <laughs> But like, come on, like, I don't want to have to do a dress code unless it's one of the big birthdays. I hear you. I, I'm it's I, this is when we are in simpatico where I just don't want the attention. Even the lovely Catherine was like, it's really hard to shop and plan for someone who doesn't want anything. I'm like, I really don't like we can do something nice. And, and I'm I'm also not one of those people that's like. Don't do anything for me, and then I expect a big day. When I say I don't really care, like I, I really don't care. I want to do something fun, it, but it can, it can be going out and having a nice dinner. It can be having a drink somewhere. It can. I, I'd like to go out and do a little something, but there doesn't have to be a ton of people. It can just be us. I really don't expect nor really want a big deal made about me. So I'm right there with you. Yeah, I'm the same way when it comes to gifts. And we are entering yeah. the gift-giving season. So everybody's like, oh, what are you and Jake getting each other? I'm like, I don't know. We'll go to the mall and pick each other something out like while we're standing there. Because I want to get something that I like. But I've never been like a gifts person. I've never been somebody who expects, expects like all this stuff on Christmas. And again, right. I feel like it's something that like if you're a child, yeah. But... I don't know. It's just never been my like love language. Like gifts have never been my thing. Like I'll take a few things. And if you get me yeah. something, I will be appreciative. But I'm certainly not basing my relationship on what my husband gets me. So Christmas morning, Jake says, honey, come outside for a second. You're not going to believe what someone put in our yard. And you walk out and there's a brand new Mercedes with a huge red bow on it, and you say, I mean, thanks, I guess, but you know I'm not a gifts person. It's not my love language. Can we go to Cracker Barrel instead? I'm not a car person either. Like, I'm not somebody who cares that much about cars. And, Jake's, let's talk a second about how problematic these car commercials are. Like, mm -hmm. if your significant other made that big of a purchase without even consulting you, don't you think there would be a, a little tiff? Be like, hey, so you spent $60,000 without even asking me first? Uh, Feels like a problem to me. Oh, my God. Let me tell you, before we get into this college <laughs> game, I had this happen once. The really? first girl that I ever, well, sort of, I... <laughs> I dated a girl many moons ago, right out of school, and we had a, she needed a car. And so we sat down, and this is the late 90s, so 
account for pricing here. But we sat down and we said, how much can can you afford? Because we were paying separate bills this time. We weren't married or anything. And how much can you afford? And so we sat down and she could afford like maybe a $3,500, $4,000 used car. We figured all this out. And so we're like, all right, at some point we'll we'll go. We'll get you your car, used car. We'll figure it out and you have a car. One day I get a call at work and she's out of breath, voice up an octave. She's like, hey, hey, what's going on? I'm like, nothing. What's, what's, she's like, can you, can you come downstairs? I'm like, oh no. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Can you come downstairs? I'm like, yeah. 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 I can. Okay. I, I just wanted to see something. I was like, okay. I walked downstairs and there was a, semi-new Nissan Altima sitting there in the parking lot that she had bought. And I think she got it for like, I don't know, sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars $17,000 when her budget was thirty-five, four thousand dollars $4,000 max. And she was bouncing up and down in front of the car like, oh, oh, look. And I'm like, my jaw dry. It wasn't my money, but I was like, didn't we, this is a nice car, but didn't, this seems like a terrible purchase. So it was bizarro world. And eventually that car got taken back. It wasn't my call, but she did it on a whim and then realized, oh my God, I can't afford this. And I was like, yes, we went through your, your you have a part-time job at a bank. I don't know, you're going to school. I don't know why you bought a car that has like 2,000 miles on it or something. It was bizarre. Oh, it was crazy. Well, at least you dug that bullet. Like, yeah, imagine being married to her and not oh, knowing God. what's going to show up on your doorstep with your money and what would be your debt. At least you dodged that one. That's true. Whew. Got lucky there. All right, <laughs> let's dodge some bad bets this weekend and pick some winners, Chelsea. I will, I will let you pick since I... I'm not going to talk about Texas. We can skip the Big 12 championship game. I do that enough. Let's talk about the Pac-12 championship game. Number six, Oregon. Number four, Washington. Oregon is laying nine and a half points. Oregon is minus 350 on the money line. Washington is plus 270. Total is 66 and a half. Why is this spread so big? No idea. I feel like you have to play at least a few mind games to get to whatever bet you want to pick here. Because if you look at this line, it almost looks too obvious, right? Last time Washington and Oregon squared off, this game was decided by a field goal. Both quarterbacks went absolutely off. It looked like Michael Penix Jr.'s Heisman moment, and that's a game that Washington won. So now you're looking at a game at a neutral site, and Oregon's laying nine and a half points. In what world does that make sense to anybody? But still, when you look at lines and they don't make any sense and they stink, mm -hmm. usually that's when you take the side that stinks. So it feels to me like Oregon minus nine and a half with the play, although my better judgment would say, okay, maybe that's the play, but we ain't playing it. I think this game is an absolute stay away from me. Maybe you consider the over that both of these quarterbacks kind of put on a clinic here like they did the first time around. But it is a pretty high total at 66 and a half. So a mm -hmm. slight lean to the over, but I don't know what to do with this total. I think actually the better bet here is if you think Oregon wins, 
Doesn't Bo Nix probably win the Heisman? What does he to win the Heisman? Minus 150? Don't you think that would be the better bet as opposed to laying nine and a half points with Oregon? It has to be, right? It has to be. And he's the favorite right now at, at minus 150. So mm-hmm. even if, let me ask you this, if Oregon loses this game, but Bo Nix still shows out, does he still win the Heisman? <sighs> I don't know. Because it felt like he was punished, The right? The first time he had a great stat line against Washington. But we saw mm-hmm. how the odds moved, and they went in favor of Michael Penix Jr. Is there a way to kind of hedge this game out ahead? Like, because think about it. If you are getting Michael Penn, or excuse me, Bo Nix to win the Heisman at minus 150, isn't that kind of like a money line bet on Oregon here? Like, I guess he could do bad and they can still yeah. win. But you could take Bo Nix to win the Heisman, minus 150, and you could put whatever mathematical amount on Washington plus 270 and kind of play both sides. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. You could do that. I'm just a little, yeah, that's not a bad idea, Chelsea. I don't know if I have the guts to do it, but I think it's probably the best way to approach it. I I will say that I think Oregon might run, I don't say run away with this game, but this line makes no sense. I mean, no sense at all. When you looked at this line, what's the first thing you thought? Washington, right? You grab Washington the points. Yeah, like obviously. Yeah. But we yeah. said this time and time again, there are no obvious plays of football or any realm of college or of sports betting. So it just seems too obvious to me. I think I'm just going to watch this one. Like I said, yeah. I think if you think Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks win this game, you just take him to win the Heisman. Because Michael Penix Jr. can still have a good game here. But I do think wins and losses matter in the Heisman discussion, especially with like the candidates that we have. Because isn't that mm-hmm. the main problem with Jaden Daniels right now is that he just hasn't had the wins that some of these other teams had? But like that's the thing about the Heisman. It's not necessarily fair. Like it's not always necessarily like the best quarterback it is the best quarterback on the best team. Like we see some outlier years, like the year that Lamar Jackson won it. But still, I think wins and losses matter. I think it does too. And so this is going to be fascinating theater to see. And by the way, if you're talking about the Heisman Trophy, it's not a lock just yet. And Mm -hmm. how things shake out this weekend will certainly affect how those odds play out or how this Heisman Trophy award is ended up handing out at the club in New York City. Okay, Chelsea, what other game on the schedule here? Because we got the Big 12, we got the SEC, we got the ACC, the Big 10. Is there another championship game standing out to you? I think it looks like Louisville and the points is probably the play against Florida State. And and also taking a long, hard look at the over in the SEC championship game. Both of these offenses look like they're peaking at the absolute right moment. Georgia has been an absolute juggernaut, averaging over 40 points per game. Brock Bowers, their star tight end, is back. And also their defense is not very locked down uh, in Mm -hmm. the first half. They have been allowing teams to score in the first quarter quite frequently even georgia tech had a seven nothing lead on this georgia team so i think alabama can score some points here i think the overs the play at 55 before maybe it goes up even more but what do you make of the acc championship game do you think this line is suspect i honestly think i think louisville's gonna win outright is what i think 
the money has been pouring in on the Cardinals. And Florida State is obviously dealing with a backup quarterback. I kind of feel like Louisville was maybe looking ahead. I understand it's a rivalry game, Louisville and Kentucky, and Kentucky beat the Cards outright. But I feel like that was a spot where Louisville, knowing it was going to the ACC championship game, was looking ahead to Florida State. And if Florida State gets in trouble against Louisville, they're not going to be able to rely on Jordan Travis, who's obviously out for the season. So I think this is a game the Cardinals win outright. Coming up next here on the show. Oh, it's early in the week, but never too early to make some money. Best bets on the way, along with a visit from the Donkster. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. Come on, Double D, let's go. Presented by Bet MGM. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. Best bets coming your way shortly. Chelsea, I was making fun of the NBA Cup earlier. I've done that a lot. But do you find it somewhat interesting? I say this because you're betting on the NBA tonight. Not necessarily that you're really into it. But am I, check me here, am I being too hard on the in season tournament? in the NBA? No, I do think it's stupid and confusing and complicated. (laughs) Like if it takes more than three paragraphs to describe the scenarios for one team to advance to the next round, it's too complicated. Like this is not Game of Thrones. I don't need to have a notepad to track the next stage of the NBA in-season cup. So I think it is a little too complicated. The format seems really stupid, but from a betting standpoint, I do think there are little quirks that maybe you can use to your advantage when you're handicapping some of these games. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think you're right about that. No question. And so it's an interesting part of handicapping that I don't really know how you do it. I think what's frustrating for me, at least as someone who is into sports betting, like we obviously are, is that, okay, I have a hard enough time betting on the NBA, and now I'm factoring in this extra layer of motivation, perhaps, that we've never had to consider before. So it takes a sport that is hard for me to handicap, and it makes it even harder, at least in my view. Well, I do think they did it so the players would have more of a motivation to actually play. Because hasn't that been the biggest issue in the NBA is guys just sitting out at will on the back end of back-to-backs. So I think they are peppering in these games in the hopes that some of these players will actually play. Now, the problem is some of these injury reports we won't get until, you know, an hour before the game. So our job is still Mm -hmm. very hard. But I do think that is the NBA's attempt at trying to limit some of the load management that's been going on over the past couple of seasons. Well, we'll see how that plays out tonight. Coming up next on BetQL Daily, Brad Powers from the Bet the Board podcast and Covers.com. We'll talk with the crew about championship week in college football. If you missed our conversation about the early picks and leans we like in the NFL and also championship week 
in the college game as well. You got to check out the pod, download, and subscribe to The Daily Tip wherever you get your podcasts. Chelsea, we were just talking about NBA. You're going to the hardwood tonight. So let's get to it and find out our favorite bets of the evening. Time to place your bets. Chelsea. All right. Give me a winner. Let's go. Oh, hold your breath because we're betting on the NBA tonight. It is a little tough to do it this early in the day, but we're going to try our best because I'm banking on somebody to be out for the Charlotte Hornets tonight. So I'm going to be taking the Knicks, laying 11 and a half points against Charlotte. The big injury update for the Hornets is that LaMelo Ball, their point guard, is doubtful for this game. He sprained his ankle last game, and he has been a monster at filling up the stat sheet for the Hornets as of late. In his last nine games, he's averaging 32 points per game, nine assists, seven rebounds. So when you take him out of the lineup, not only is he the point guard, the person that actually runs the offense, he is the offense. So I think this is a big hole to fill for the Hornets. And this is a bad matchup for Charlotte, who overall is just a bad team. They're 5-10. and 10. There's a reason that the spread is so large. In the last two meetings, the Knicks have covered the spread both times against Charlotte. And even when LaMelo Ball was playing last time around against the Knicks, he had 32 points in that game. The Hornets still got smashed, 129-107. to 107. Plus, some implications for the end-season tournament here the Knicks could be in a three-way tie atop the East Group B, depending on the result of the Bucks and the Heat game. So the tiebreaker is the point differential. So that means a blowout would be in their favor. So opposed to uh, taking their foot off the gas pedal if they're winning this game big, they're going to continue to keep piling up the points for that reason. So let's take the Knicks in a blowout, minus 11.5 over the Hornets. Oh, I like that handicap. Hopefully, I like this play tonight, and hopefully it will come home because I need a dog, guys. Edmonton on the money line, hosting Vegas. Now, I am not one to fade the defending cup champions, but this is a good spot to do it. You're getting Vegas in the back end of a back-to-back after the Knights lost in overtime last night in Calgary. Oilers are playing much better under Chris Knobloch, so this is a team that is playing so much better hockey than they were earlier in the year. In fact, they've been firing the puck lately, outscoring the Capitals and the Ducks 13-2 in their last two games alone. Plus, you get them at home, and in their last 10 overall, Knights are only 3-7. and seven. Solid price on the Oilers. Let's get it. Edmonton Moneyline, minus 130. Ooh, hockey. I don't think I know where Edmonton is. Do you think you could find it on a Mexico. map? Mexico. Yes, it's just outside of Mexico City. Yep, nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) I heard they have very high elevation there. wonder if that has any impact. Who knows? You might want to look at the over, too, because the elevation there. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Sharp as an eight ball, Jenks. That's what we are. All right, let's bring the eight ball in. Let us gaze upon the glorious magic eight ball. Shall it fade or tail these noble betters? <laughs> okay, so if you are new to the show, every single day we try our best bets 
against an eight ball that we bought from the toy store because we are top-notched analysts and very serious on this show. All right, eight ball, what do we think of the Knicks laying 11 and a half against the Hornets at home? Uh, eight ball says, outlook, not so good. Hmm, big Hornets hmm. fan, are we? What about Edmonton oh. on the money line over Vegas tonight in the NHL? Eight ball says, as I see it, yes. Oh, well, I don't know what to think. Does the eight ball like the honeybees like Jake does? Isn't that Ooh. the Charlotte cheerleading crew? The honeybees. Yes. The he honey follows bees. them on Instagram. I'm trying to think what the Panthers cheerleaders are because he likes them too. The Top mm. Cats. Big That's, fan. Is that what they're called? The Top Cats? Oh, yeah. My husband loves choreography, clearly. It's not the girls, it's the choreography. It's the work, <laughs> the sweat equity that goes into putting together a perfect dance routine. That's why I like the honeybees. And, and I got to tell you, it used to be all honeybees, but the top cats have been making a run. They've really, really been putting a lot of extra work in to catch the honeybees. That's what I would say. Whew, I know. Who needs the hornets and the panthers when you have the top cats <laughs> and the honeybees? Classic. All right. If you want to check out the eight ball. The eight ball, which loves, like Chelsea's husband, dance dance groups in the NBA, Top Cats, Honeybees, whatever it is. You can check us out on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash betql. Chelsea, this is your chance. One bet on the card. Do you have a lean you'd like to throw out at least or no? No, I do not. Proceed, okay. your honor. Oh, man. I Just stay away from my picks for now. We'll see. I got to get back on the right side. Panthers Maple Leafs over six minus 155. Yeah, I'm playing it number six and a half. I'm getting juicy. I need a dub here, guys. Okay, here's the thing. Panthers normally play very good defense, but they are on the back end of a back-to-back -back heading to Toronto. So this is not a great spot for them on tired legs. Now they have to face a Leafs team that is averaging 3.42 goals per game. So even though they might be exhausted, I do expect Florida to give up not only give up some goals, but also score some against Joseph Wall, who has given up at least three goals in each of his four outings for Toronto. So let's get a winner on the ice tonight. Panthers leaves over six, minus 155. One more for you. You're not going to believe it. I'm going to the National Basketball Association. This is pretty much a trend play, but I'm following the money. Rockets plus six, minus 120 in Dallas. The Rockets have not won a single game on the road this season. However, they've lost their three games away from home by a total of 12 points. Dallas is only two and four against the number at home. And get this, the Rockets have covered in 11 straight games. Come on, baby. Let's make it 12. Rockets plus six in Big D. Let's do your BQL five-star best bet for insight, analysis, historical trends, five-star Best bets. God, I love the BetQL app. Download it now. Dogster, all right, it is your time. What do you got for us? Good morning to everyone. First, I start in college basketball. Mississippi State and Georgia Tech, under 139 on the hook. Thunder, plus three and a half. They play in the NBA at the Timberwolves. Chelsea, I'm making a, a list for Christmas. What do you want for a gift? To not talk to you. That hurts my feelings. 
You don't want some I hay don't or a harness? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can I hang out with Jake instead? No. Okay, well, nothing for the doctor. <laughs> Let's find out what's coming up next on BetQL Daily. Joe Ostrowski. Joe, good morning to you. How are you, my friend? Morning, guys. Hope you didn't stay up for that crap fest last night. Oh, Disgusting, my God. Oh, I did. The whole thing. The whole game. Uh, I was box score checking. I needed DJ Moore to go over his receiving yards. And he was sitting at 58 for like most of the night. So I kept rolling over. I was like, <laughs> how many does he have now? What about now? So like, I didn't watch the game, but I was definitely box score checking. Do you ever do that? Like you wake up kind yeah. of early. No, it's pretty early. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that will decide my bet. If I'm actually going to bet something that's on the West coast, I'm like, do I really want to? Because I know that I'm going to try to go to bed, but then I won't be able to go to sleep because I'll kept checking the phone and that's a problem. So, yeah, no, I've done that before uh, for sure. I was going to watch get... the game. Yeah. And then I looked down. I was like, hey, it's Bears Vikings. Now I'm going to bed immediately. Didn't even. Good didn't decision. Even Almost zero <laughs> touchdowns. Almost no touchdown in the game. It was unbelievable. God, so, uh, so, unfortunately, we'll talk about that. Futures Day on the show. Brad Powers will be here to preview championship weekend. Von Dalzell on the NBA coming up next few hours on the show. Can't wait, Joe. Thanks very much. That's going to do it for us on the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by Betty Jam. For Chelsea, I'm Jinx. Have a fantastic Tuesday. See you tomorrow. Chelsea and Jinx will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.